0: Welcome to the Cook Coterie Podcast. I'm Marie, and in today's episode, I interview Spiritual Life Coach Bianca Johnson. We talk about the importance of the body-mind-spirit connection, and how that affects our daily actions. We also discuss self-sabotaging behaviors, why we sometimes take things personally, and how we can self-reflect in order to attain our desires. Enjoy! Hi, Bianca. Welcome to the Cook Cody podcast. I'm so glad that you could join us today.
1: Yes, thanks so much for having me. I'm super excited to be here. The first
0: question that I wanted to ask you is if you could teach us more about the body, mind, and spirit connection.
1: Yes, of course. So... We hear a lot about this in the world currently, right the whole I mean for a while, like I feel like it made a transition, right It was all about physical health, everybody was working on eating well and exercising, and then mental health started to becoming a very hot topic and now spiritual health is starting to like make its way into the conversation so basically, we are very multi-dimensional beings, right and if we focus on any one area of our well-being with, while neglecting the others, we can never fully be well. So for example, if you're someone who's focusing on being very mentally well and very mentally stable, but physically you're not taking care of yourself, it's impossible to be well. Same thing on the other end of the spectrum, if you're working on a lot of physical well-being, but not working on mental, emotional, or spiritual well-being, then it's impossible for us to be fully well. And so there's a lot of um, different ways that these interconnect. Um, So I actually have an undergraduate degree in psychology, which is where I first learned about the body-mind-spirit connection. And basically a lot of the mental and emotional things that we experience can get stored in our bodies on a physical level. So we all have this experience once in a while, right, where we have stress and tension, and we have like that tension in the neck and in the shoulders, Um, That's because our body is holding on to the mental and emotional stresses that we're going through. Mm And if anyone's like really interested in diving deep into this, there's an awesome book called Body Keep Score, which is all about like the science behind like when they first discovered that this was a thing. And so all of these things are happening within us. And if we are not like conscious of them and aware of them and effectively working on them, it causes us to be more tired, more fatigued, more in pain and just more suffering overall in our lives versus living the well and vibrant lives that we are designed to live.
0: When someone realizes that there is something off, whether it's with their body or their mind or their spirit, what suggestions do you have on where they can start to heal?
1: Sure. So the very first thing is the awareness, right? If you're not aware that it's there, then there's no working on it. Um, but when you start to build awareness around what's present, then starting to get curious and ask questions. I love asking the body questions, asking myself questions, um, all sorts of things like Where is this pain and discomfort coming from? Why am I experiencing this? And you can do this verbally, out loud, talking to yourself, even though it sounds a little crazy. You can do this in a journal, writing out your responses. You can do this just silently in your head, contemplating it in a meditation practice, whatever feels comfortable and natural for you. Um, and then same thing when mental and emotional things are rising up, when they're you're feeling triggered or frustrated or upset or hurt or whatever the negative emotion is that's rising up for you, getting curious about it. Where is this coming from? What's unhealed within me that could possibly be causing me to feel this way? And that's a great question too if you're like not sure what the source is. Um, is to question, you know, what's unhealed within me that's causing this to happen? Because then you'll start to intuitively, the answers will come from within to give you insight as to what the root cause might be.
0: Bianca, maybe you could share your own experience or the experience of someone you've worked worked with where you've been able to find the source of pain or discomfort and what the healing process
1: looked like so i'll speak very generally on this first most of us on a subconscious level hold some sort of negative belief or limiting belief about ourselves whether that's feeling not good enough or not worthy or feeling um, any variation of that really um, and this all comes from You know, when we're young kids, we have all these situations going on in our lives. We're learning how to interact with the world. We're being raised with parents and going to school. And all of these things are happening. And the logical portion of our brain isn't yet formed. So we are constantly making meaning of situations that the meaning may or may not be true. So, for example, maybe you have a parent that has worked out of the home um, and then when they come home, they're really stressed and burnt out and you're like really excited to tell them about your day and everything that's going on in your life. And rather than being receptive and open to listening to you, they kind of like brush you off. And so you feel like you're unimportant and like you're not wanted around. And then the same story might play out in school. You go to tell your teacher something that you're very excited about that happened at home. Maybe it was a Christmas present or a birthday party or whatever was going on in your life. And the teacher, you know, just asks you to sit down and Get ready to start today rather than engaging in this conversation. So we start to gain these stories about whether or not we're important, whether or not we're um, valued good enough, worthy, whether we're capable, all sorts of things like that. And so as we start to recognize this, it's that's that's usually the root of it. And It causes us to do all sorts of things, right? If you don't feel like you're good enough, you might be working hard past the part of burnout and stress in order to prove that you're good enough. If you don't feel like you're good enough, you might be self-sabotaging in your romantic relationships or in your friendships because you don't feel like people want you around. Or if you have, and these are all subconscious patterns too. So it's not like if these things are showing up in your life and you're not sure why they're happening this is why we dig deep into it because it's never obvious like, oh yeah, I like self-sabotage in my career because I don't feel good enough. This is what's going on underneath the surface within our minds. And so there's been tons of experiences that I've had, but I'll share one specific about um, a woman that I worked with at one of my retreats who we were digging on. You know, There were some things going on in her life that weren't in alignment and she was trying to figure out what was keeping her stuck and holding her back. And when she dug on it, she found the belief that she was incapable, incapable of being happy, incapable of being successful and of having a good relationship and all sorts of other things. And when we dug on this belief and did that in child healing portion of it, it went back to a single situation where she was in a parent teacher conference um, with her mom and her dad and her first grade teacher. And her teacher looked at her parents and said, She is just incapable of paying attention. And that statement of being incapable stuck with her subconsciously and was becoming the driving factor in every area of her life. So once you start to realize and asking the questions, what's unhealed within me? What must I believe about myself to act and think this way? um, what else could this situation mean for me? What am I making this situation mean? And asking those questions is going to start to dig up some of the stuff from the subconscious mind that we aren't aware of so that you can take a look at it. And of course, when she looked at that situation of the parent teacher conference, she was able to say, okay, My teacher was talking about paying attention. That doesn't mean I'm incapable of everything in my life. And even if that was my teacher's perception of me, that doesn't mean anything bad or negative about me. I was a kid. I was energetic. I was excited. That doesn't make me bad or wrong or anything. And so once we're adults and we're reflecting on these childhood experiences, we can kind of see where we miscategorize them and labeled ourselves in negative ways and make new meanings of it.
0: In your experience, are most of the things that people need to heal from childhood? It or... varies.
1: Um, okay. Most of it starts in childhood, right? So this is another example I like to give a lot is like, okay, so you have that situation at home and then you go to school and and you're feeling unimportant and unwanted and you're feeling that people don't want you around. So while the other kids on the playground are all gathering and like playing games, you maybe stay off to the side because you have this like belief that you're unimportant and not wanted around. And then when it comes to like high school and everybody's going to the school dance, rather than asking out the person that you really wanna go with, if you stay silent and go by yourself or don't go at all because you feel like you still have that same underlying belief. And then, you know, maybe you grow up and you have a job and maybe you move to a new city and you start this job and you're like, everything's going to be different. This is my opportunity to really empower myself, really make meaningful connections, whatever. But if you haven't done the subconscious work, subconscious mind will continue to self-sabotage whether or not we are aware that it's even doing it so an example of this might be like you start your new job everybody's going out for happy hour they invite you to go And you just don't really have a good feeling about it. So you decline to go. And then like a couple of weeks later, you see on Facebook that all of your like coworkers are at a happy hour and you didn't get invited. And you're like, see, I knew this opportunity wouldn't be any different for me because everybody's out and nobody got invited. When in reality, the time before you declined and maybe that was because you had another commitment or just because you don't like to drink or whatever the situation is for you. But then when you see the next time that you weren't invited, we use that to reinforce our beliefs. Part of what our mind does, there's two fundamental things that it does here. One is that our mind likes to be right. So if we have a belief that's showing up in our lives, our mind will look for certain situations to confirm it and will assign meaning to situations to confirm it because it wants to prove how right we are. This is why questioning what's happening in our lives is very important. So if something comes up and it is triggering for you, um, asking well, what else could this mean? um maybe they you know maybe there was a limited amount of people that could go, maybe you know this or that or whatever, but assigning different meanings to situations so that you're not reconfirming those negative beliefs. The other thing our mind really likes to do is it likes to keep us safe, so if there was a situation where you did go out with a group of friends and you felt very uncomfortable and left out and sad, your brain might self-sabotage and say, no, we're not going to that, even though it could be the best group of friends that you could imagine. But your brain is like, last time I went out with a group of friends, it was very uncomfortable and I was very sad and I felt very lonely. So I'm not going to like put myself in that position again. So there's all of these things that are going on in our lives that we're often unaware of. That are, it's our brain really controls the way that we show up in every single area of our life. So if you're not experiencing the level of yourself that you want to be or the level of your life that you want to have, it's often some sort of subconscious programming that's causing you to show up in the world based on these old stories.
0: In my life, I've definitely seen that when one situation would lead me to go backwards in my progress because I'm afraid of what people think or even just afraid to succeed. What will happen if I succeed? What if people actually do like me? That's also scary. So why don't I just continue to hide, you know? I I also wanted to ask you, besides these self-limiting beliefs that that hold us back from our true potential, how would you advise someone to identify them
1: so it's really just asking those questions right like what must i meet what must i believe about myself or about the world cuz sometimes it's not even a belief about you maybe the belief isn't that you're not wanted around but maybe the belief is that other people are untrustworthy or it's unsafe to be in relationships or if your self-sabotage is coming from money maybe it's your belief is that money is evil right or the root of all evil or whatever it is so these beliefs can be about yourself or about a situation so what must i believe to think this way and feel this way and then also like taking um an inventory of fear like you were just saying you're talking about like i'm afraid of this well Why am I afraid of this? What's the worst thing that could happen in this situation? Well, if people don't like me, then I'll always be alone. Okay. And what's the worst part about being alone? Well, if I'm alone, then I'll have no one to share my life with. Okay. And what's the worst thing about that? And continuing to ask yourself those questions until you get to a statement that feels like, oh, wow, I didn't think I felt that way. And this specifically exercise is really good to do on paper because – our subconscious mind and writing are very much interlinked so if you can be writing these down this is a really great way to connect, connect a pathway but so for me when i'm doing this exercise of something's going on in my life and i'm like okay what's the worst thing about this you know and i just i keep writing down the responses and what would that mean about myself if i did end up this way you know if i ended up alone what would that mean about me that nobody wants me around and if nobody wants me around what does that mean about me that i'm not good enough and you'll eventually hit a statement that feels like wow, I can't even believe I was thinking that, wow, where did that come from? And it'll be a little bit shocking and there might be emotion attached to it, like sadness or um, fear or frustration or anything like that. That's usually the root. That's how you've known you hit it because it comes as a surprise and there's a little bit of an emotion attached to it. Um, and even when I work with clients, I can tell when like they've hit that verbally because they'll be like, oh, well, maybe this, maybe that. And then all of a sudden they're like, it's because I'm incapable, you know? And there's this like this like defining moment of like, oh my God. So that's how you know you hit it. Um, and so once you hit that and you know what it is, a great thing to do is to challenge that belief. Like, well, what is the evidence in my life that that's not true? So for example, for the woman I worked with who believed that she was incapable, like list all of the things in your life that you were capable of doing. I'm capable of creating amazing art. I'm capable of you know getting dressed and showered in the morning. I'm capable of cooking an awesome meal and it doesn't have to be big, huge, massive, like things like I'm capable of like being an astronaut in, all, in, in outer space. But even like the little things you do every day is going to start to provide evidence for you where you can challenge that belief. And our beliefs are basically like tables, right? It's a tabletop and then all of the legs are all of the supporting evidence. So if you can go back and say just because my teacher said I was incapable didn't mean I was, and pull those legs out, you can break down that belief. And then in finding the evidence in your life for like, oh, these are all the reasons I am capable and all the things I've done that I'm capable of doing, those act as new foundations for a new table of beliefs. So it's all about taking what doesn't resonate with you and questioning it and pulling it apart and then taking what does resonate with you or will empower you and giving that a new, stronger foundation. That sounds really
0: beautiful, but also really scary.
1: To, it does to sound tear it scary, huh? yeah. To tear it apart,
0: yeah. To so, tear your beliefs apart. Oh, go ahead.
1: The, no, no, you're fine. So the thing about fear is that, you know, and you were touching on fear a little bit earlier, like, what if I do do this? What if people do like me? That's scary. What if people don't like me? That's scary. Well, the way that our brain processes fear is like, Our brain is designed to help us survive as human beings. Like, so it's like constantly like, okay, like, don't grab something out of the fire with your bare hands. Don't cross the street without looking both ways. Make sure you know how to swim if you're going to go in the water. Like, our brain has this level of fear that is designed for our survival. So, fear is a very necessary part of our human existence because if it wasn't, you know, we would just go skydiving for the fun of it without a parachute and not think twice and then our existence would be over. So, fear is something we absolutely need need as part of our brains and as part of our lives. But our brain, when it's going through fear, doesn't know the difference between the fear of drowning and the fear of asking somebody out that you like. It doesn't know the difference between the fear of speaking on stage and doing something major in your career and the fear of you know, like getting in a car accident or whatever type of fear that threatens your survival. So this is why becoming aware of the thought processes that are going on and starting to question them is so powerful because if our brain is allowed to just run on autopilot, it's going to do what it needs to do for survival and not what it needs to do to make us thrive and be vibrant and radiant and full human beings. So our brain is doing the bare minimum. Of what we need to survive so that's where becoming friends with our brain and starting to question it and have these little conversations is where our greatest potential really lies i love that
0: having conversations with our brain i i read somewhere and i'll probably like share a link in my description but i read somewhere that the voices in our heads as adult is the way that we were talked to from zero to twelve
1: yeah and, yep, so it's all the inner child that we were talking about.
0: and And obviously we can't control our parents or the way we were raised. And having those conversations with that inner voice, with our brains, and to not be afraid to question it and get it to be on the same page as you.
1: So if we go back to like the the idea of the mind body spirit connection right like we have this physical body that is you know here for a temporary time on earth we have this brain that is here just for the same amount of time that our body is and then we have our spirit, which is like the eternal part of us that was here before this physical existence and will be here long after this physical existence. Um, and so, the spirit is really the true essence of who we all are, and that is infinite love, infinite light, peace, joy, truth. It is all of the things that we desire most in our in our in in life. It's all the things that we look for. It's the freedom. It's the abundance. It's the gratitude. It's everything that we seek externally. But so we get so disconnected from the spirit because we are being raised by other human beings and a human experience. And so we get very deeply associated with the mind and the body. And we believe that that's who we are. But when you start to have these conversations with your mind and questioning things and having higher consciousness and higher levels of awareness, that's your spirit. That's your soul coming through and starting to teach the mind from a higher state of being. And so it's it's less about at that point adopting everything that you've heard from your teachers and your parents and your siblings and the bully on the bus and more about being able to like step into that higher version of yourself, question this physical reality and seek the real truth.
0: What does the real truth look like though in this imperfect world? Because We want that, like you said, we want that, like that's our true identity and we want to realize that potential, but how do we recognize it?
1: So first is breaking through all of those beliefs and all those blocks and all of those fears, because if... All of that stuff all gets in the way and blocks us from that connection with our spirit. We're too worried about pleasing our parents and showing up as perfect in the world and all of these other things that like we don't even create space for that spiritual connection. So the first step is definitely going through the mental processes and being able to work through those things so that space is created for connection with your higher self. And then once you start to establish some sort of connection, and spiritual connection comes through in many different ways for many different people. For some, it's deeply tied to religion and specific gods and specific texts. For other people, it comes through you know, nature. And for others, it's meditation. And so there's so many different ways to connect spiritually depending on your unique beliefs. But so working through the mental blocks that are stopping you from connecting with that truth of yourself and then working on finding the spiritual connection that most resonates with you and nourishing that connection and then what happens is that the external world is primarily the same unless everybody on earth is doing this deep spiritual work we're still going to have you know traumatic events and hardships and everything else But the difference is, when you're in those situations externally, rather than letting the limiting beliefs and letting the self-sabotage and letting the negative self-talk and the anxiety control our lives, we're able to take a step back, not be on autopilot, take a moment to process things, and then make a conscious choice about what we want to experience. And sometimes it's not even a conscious choice about like what we're going to do in a situation as far as taking action. Here's an example from my personal life. Is there somebody in my life who for a long time has spoke to me in a very negative way and has had a very negative impact on my self-worth and on my how I value myself as a human being? Since doing all of this, this inner work, now if this individual says anything to me, I used to get very defensive and For while, Actually, first I was very small. I'd stay quiet. I'd shrink down. I'd feel bad about myself, things like that. Then as I started realizing these things, I started getting very defensive and angry and lashing out and fighting back. Now I'm at a point where I'm at so much peace with myself and so much inner knowing of my own worth and my own truth and my own interconnectedness that if this individual says anything to me, I have the power to just take a deep breath and go, this isn't even worth a response and move on. And so it's about being able to like claim our own sovereignty. We can't ever control what's happening externally, even though we like to believe that we can, but we can always determine how those external things are going to shape our internal experience and our sovereignty lies in the ability to be unshakable from the external world and to be so grounded in our own truth that it doesn't matter what happens outside of us we're still whole and full inside I
0: love that my my husband and I really strive to make our home a haven because we can't we can't control what goes on outside outside the walls of our home for our children to grow up in in safety and to be able to come to us with anything that's what we want because my husband and I we didn't grow up with that and we want to be able to know who we are and grow because children are like little mirrors and my son follows me everywhere and if I can show him how to be grounded in my own truth and to be confident of my value, then he can mirror that in his own way
1: it's beautiful, I think, so I think as this whole conversation is starting to come up around um being more grounded spiritually being more mentally well um past generations didn't have these conversations. They didn't have this awareness or consciousness. So they were raising us in the way that they thought they were supposed to based on their lived experience. And as we're having new lived experiences, we have the opportunity to impact not just the listeners in our podcast and not just the people we coach and not just the people that attend our retreats or whatever work that we do, but we have the the opportunity to show up in the world being these things, not just teaching these things, but being these things. And that creates a ripple effect where other people catch on to it and they can then create that for others. And that's where the real change and transformation happens.
0: Exactly. And I've seen that personally in my life as I've chosen to heal from my own wounds, emotional wounds, and grow i start to attract people who also have the same desires and the same goals because in the past i used to be afraid that as i change that i would lose people but then i realized that it's okay if i do lose them because they weren't right for me anyway and i'm growing and they don't want to, and that's fine. They have their choice, right? And we can't force anyone to be who who they want to be. We can't force people to change or to work on their spirituality or to go to therapy, whatever it is. At the end of the day, we have to do the self-work on our own.
1: And sometimes you know, we want other people to change. And when we try to force them on a similar path, it creates resistance and resistance creates persistence. Um, But so rather than trying to get people to walk the path with us, just in embodying that truth and just in shining your own light inspires others to connect to the light that's within them as well. Very naturally, the more we embody it, the more others want to walk it with us. The more we try to force people on it, the more they you know, trail off on a different path and on en- entirely. So it's definitely a delicate balance, but the more we focus on ourselves and the more we consciously choose who we're going to be in the world, the more the world around us shifts in a very positive way.
0: I love that. We definitely have that power to influence. And at the same time, we can be grounded without being affected by other people's choices. Like that, that has brought me a lot of peace because as the more I focus on myself and not worry so much about what other people are doing or how their choices affect me, when I focus on myself and heal myself, I then actually have greater capacity to help other people because my cup is full and sometimes even overflowing.
1: Yeah. And in that overflow, that's where we unknowingly and sometimes unintentionally impact people we never even thought we would impact. Sometimes it's the little things like, you know, holding the door for somebody at the grocery store or smiling at somebody. Like sometimes it's even those very little moments of connection um, because we are so full and we are so overflowing, like you said, that it spills over into somebody else that we never intended to have an impact on. But you have no idea how it shifts their day. And then when they it shifts them, they show up in the world differently and then they shift other people. And the shift starts to ripple outward infinitely.
0: Bianca, thank you so much for your conversation with me today. Where can lis- listeners learn more about your work?
1: So I have a website website, BiancaMJohnson.com. And if they specifically visit BiancaMJohnson.com forward slash links, L-I-N-K-S, that's where you can find all of my current services offerings as well as all of my um, social media accounts.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much again, Bianca.
1: Yes, thank you.
0: Hey friend, thanks for listening. I learned a lot from Bianca and I hope you did too. Follow me on Instagram at Marie Ellis Cook to stay up to date on all Cook Coterie projects. Life is too short to be anyone but yourself. See you next time.